Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jotter, and joining me, as always, is... The one and only Jake Trova and Jake, welcome, welcome. It's it's been a while since we've done this, and we're back. Yeah, we are back. Midweek, I was out six Sunday, so hopefully we'll return back to our normal lineup. Um, yeah, a couple announcements we'll get to, and on today's episode, we're talking a little Concacaf Champions League, talk MLS. What is the headline heading into MLS's twenty fifth season? 25, Jake. Major League Soccer is it's a quarter of a century old. Plus, Jermaine Jones, we've actually had on the show, uh, had some some takes regarding the U.S. Men's National Team. I want to react to that. Anyway, listeners, at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod, Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your thoughts, your comments. We want to hear them. Can't forget, we got Tom Bogert. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. He's going to give us a fantastic MLS preview. Talking uh, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, kind of some of the major headlines. And uh, Jake, uh, let me ask you, does it feel like MLS is upon us? Are you excited? I'm excited because unlike you, uh, I'm not a Euro snob. So <laughs> I haven't watched much European soccer uh, over the, I guess, what are we, uh, season ended at what, beginning of November? Uh, so what does that put us here to? Four, four months? I haven't watched really much soccer over the last four months. So yeah, I, I I am excited that MLS is returning this weekend. Uh, I haven't watched much Champions League either. Uh, I know that's probably sacrilege to say to you, Steven. So yeah, uh, MLS, I, I, I am super stoked uh, later this weekend when we get things uh, rolling. Yeah, Portland and Minnesota first game for you. Providence Park going to be on the road. I get it's a bit strange to me. Obviously, the NBA uh, typically has a big matchup to to kick things off. The NFL, we know what they do opening. I guess what what do they call it? The opening weekend or whatever. It's like it Thursday. Is. That, that's the Thursday, Thursday night, night. Game. night. It's usually the Super Bowl winner against right. 
somebody. So, but MLS, DC United versus Colorado, Audi Field, Saturday, 12 p.m. I, I think MLS could really spice things up a little bit. Make it, make the they match. Should have, they should have done Seattle versus whomever that first game Saturday to stand alone, put it on ABC or put it on Big Boy Fox. And uh, they could have given us like Seattle Atlanta. Wouldn't that have been a nice matchup? Oh, to, that's and, that, and that's the only one Saturday afternoon. It stands on its own, and then bam, you get uh, everything rolling Saturday night, and then you have the games on Sunday. Or you could even have had the Seattle matchup, whoever they want to play, Friday night. Maybe that's not as I don't know. It's a Friday night. Maybe that's not a good good thing to do. But yeah, it does feel a little weird that, that there's there's nothing there that. Uh, the first game, it, it, it doesn't feel meaningful. You know what I mean? Like, there's not. Well, yeah. And, I mean, look, they have they have some sexy matchups. Nashville, Atlanta, obviously, new boys in Nashville. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit, but that's honestly to me that is the leading game on Saturday. And there's eight games: Vancouver, Sporting KC, Orlando, Art versus RSL, FC Dallas, Philadelphia, the Dynamo versus the Galaxy. San Jose versus Toronto, Montreal versus New England. Hold up, you think you think Nashville Atlanta is the game on Saturday to watch? It's the sexiest game. You know why? Because Nashville, how many tickets have they sold? A lot. Yeah, but you know they're gonna. I get don't care. I don't Atlanta. care. I will simply watch to see the stadium, the team, the colors. Oh man, you know the sex. The, no, I think your sexy, sexy matchup here is so. No, it's it's. There, there are two games that I think are sexier than Atlanta what? Nashville. FC Dallas Philadelphia. I know it's not the star power, but I think that's but a that's, super that, interesting that, that, matchup. What? Okay, fine. If you're oh. an MLS fanboy, yeah, that's sexy. Okay, yeah, young oh, kids. Oh yeah, sorry. I don't want to watch, watch Walker Zimmerman get dunked on by Joseph Martinez six times. <laughs> yeah. Well, this... and the other game, the other game I find sexy and super interesting, which will be on national TV if you have a uh, Univision, will be Houston LA Galaxy. Tab Ramos making. Uh, his MLS coaching debut, and so will Chicharito be making his MLS I, debut. I, I get it. Maybe you want to watch it for that, but I I don't know. I mean, it's not that sexy. I do think Montreal versus well, New you... England. If you want to go down, if you want to go down that star-studded name, Thierry Henry, to see what his his debut is in Major League Soccer. Obviously, Montreal is playing right now in the Concacaf Champions League. And holding their water so far, this is the weakest MLS team in the competition. Not that they're going up against a very difficult team. Uh, well, I think of all the MLS teams, I think they're probably going up against the second most difficult team in the in the Champions League of the five of the five teams of the five MLS teams that are in Concacaf Champions League. I would say Saprissa is the second most difficult opponent that an MLS team or that an MLS team is playing right now after uh, LAFC is playing Lyon. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think they, they might be third. But whatever. Now we're picking hairs. I, but, the, but the thing is, people said it was Montreal was the team least likely to get out of – well, apart from LAFC, and LAFC is a strong team. So there you have two more heavyweights going out, uh, out against each other. If LAFC was playing anybody else in the competition – they're more. They're what eight, nine out of ten times the favorites. Well, I don't know. According to the conversation that uh, we had off mic, LAFC can't win anything that matters. So okay, that's that. We're talking about Major League Soccer. We're not talking about 
You, uh, hey, they can't win big games. This is a big game. Well, yeah. Well, big, they, big yeah. Carlos Melo was absent. Absent. In well, we know he doesn't make. Well, we know he doesn't uh, like show up uh, for Mexico or in Mexico, right? Oh, well, that's, that, that's any, okay. Anyway. Back, back to the sexy matchups, okay? <laughs> Sunday, then you got some some more some more intrigue. Portland, Minnesota. Although that's a that's a strange matchup to me, Jake, because those games have been very tight last couple of years. If they played, they're they're a little cagey. They're a little cagey. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I I I I like it. And uh, as we re- remember a few years ago, Minnesota went out to Portland uh, for their inaugural game on national TV and just got run over by the Timbers. I think they lost that game five uh, one, if I remember correctly. Uh, I vividly remember Vadim Demidov just getting worked <laughs> by the uh, Portland. Timbers, I don't know. Your definition of sexy is, is weird because I don't, <laughs> I don't see Portland and Minnesota and go. That's a sexy matchup. That's, that's the matchup I want to watch. Uh, for me, I'm going to. Why? There's two, wait, wait, there's wait, two wait, more matchups I think are, are sexier on, than that. What one. on Sunday? On Sunday. Yeah. Okay. LAFC Inter Miami. Yes, yep. we get it. One. Okay. Cle- next. What? What is it? Uh, Columbus and NYCFC. I think is the other sexy matchup. No. And, uh, Oh, we're wow. going to ask Tom. We're going to ask Tom about Columbus Crew because I've been seeing a lot of steam on the crew recently, and this is well, why. You know, you know NYCFC is going to be strong. They're going to be a strong team for the regular season. But let me remind you, listeners, if you have any if, – if you're interested in wagering, this is Steven's um, top tip when it comes to sports betting. Do not bet on NYCFC to win anything in knockout football. Here's what they've done since they've entered the league in 2017, okay? They have finished second in the conference and second overall in 2017. Pretty good. They lost in the conference semifinals. 2018, they were third in the Eastern Conference, finished seventh overall. Oh, they got knocked out in the conference semifinals. How about last year, Jake? First in the conference. First. Second overall behind LAFC, who ran away with the top seed, in the Western Conference in the Supporter Shield, they got they got knocked out in the conference semifinals. If history has anything to say here, NYCFC will finish either first, second, or third in the conference, be a top team in the league, and they will not be knocked out in the conference semifinals. They are not a team to put your money on when it comes to not well, well, time. Cool, I didn't. Hey, I didn't know the league. We were, we were playing for a league title on Sunday afternoon. Well, the, uh, the but, week one, but, match day one. You're right. By the way, but, but by the way, is... when, when it doesn't matter, that the team that can't show up when it doesn't matter just beat San Carlos one nil in the second leg of the Concacaf Champions League, and they are advancing. Remember the team I told you you're sleeping on in the Concacaf Champions League? I said you're sleeping on NYCFC. Yes, you did. You did. And you. <laughs> You and Jason of League One Fun both kind of like, all right, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But meanwhile, you guys all penciled in Atlanta and Seattle for uh, – for uh, Well, uh, Atlanta looked pretty damn good last night. Everyone had said Montreal was going to eliminate right away. And, you know, as things stand, they're uh, they're through. Because I believe away goals is the tiebreaker in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, this, this first yeah, round at here. The moment, so, yeah. At yeah. Moment, so and... all I'm saying is I know I'm not – I know I said FC Cincinnati wouldn't be as bad as they were last year. But – I'm just – all I'm trying to say is you're sleeping on NYCFC and just trust your boy here. All right. So he, he, but I think this is an interesting point. Here you have MLS opening weekend. You have a few sexy matches depending on your taste. 
what you like. Maybe you go more youthful. You like FC Dallas, Philadelphia. Maybe you like you like the ambiance. You, you, you see, you check in to see what the culture is in Nashville. Or maybe you just want to do some, uh, you want to see some superstars. Chicharito, LA Galaxy, debut. Or you wait till Sunday and you get LAFC and Inter Miami. You have a nice, a nice pick. I guess if you're on Tinder, you wanted to swipe left or right, you have options this weekend. This is good, but you don't have the, you don't have that moment where it's, you know, baseball season is around. You know when the NFL is on, right? MLS needs to carve that out because you watch some of these teams in the CONCACAF Champions League, and you can tell that they're still in preseason mode. And it's this is what they bargained for. Remember when they 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 when it just became so hectic for these clubs at the end of the season playoffs competing with CONCACAF Champions League. It was just too much for them. So this is what they this is the consequence of that. And uh Jake, let me put my tinfoil hat here. Atlanta United won MLS Cup the year after they won the US Open Cup. They look pretty good. They look pretty good to be the first team to, to get that CONCACAF Champions League, that that team to kind of bro- break open some doors. Yes, I know other teams have have won a variation of the competition before, but Atlanta, listeners, it's a team to keep your eye out on. Let's let's wait until they play somebody actually for real in CONCACAF Champions League before we start. Uh... Hey, momentum is big in competitions like this. You're not wrong, but uh, I'm just saying. Let's, All right. let's, let's play a team I've heard of before yep. we go and proclaim yeah, that's them as, right. a, and let's as a front runner. Get to, let's get to the question of the day here, listeners. What is the headline, the headline going into MLS's 25th season? 25 years old. What is the headline, Jake, going into this season? For me? Yeah. You want to know what I think the headline is going into this season? Uh, I think it's the influx of players coming from Mexico and La Liga right now. I mean, look, we have a number of, I think, big-time signings for this league. I think uh, it's a little unprecedented, if you ask me. First and foremost, Chicharito, we've mentioned him already on the show, signs with LA Galaxy, the all-time leading goal scorer for the Mexican national team, was brought in uh, to replace Zlatan Ibrahimovic as the Galaxy's number nine. Uh, the other big-time Mexican signing... Earlier, uh, just a few weeks ago, Rodolfo Pizarro leaves Monterey for Inter-Miami on a $12 million transfer. Pizarro made the move to Miami because he believed, this is kind of a crazy statement right here, uh, he believed MLS was a better stepping stone to get to Europe than Liga MX. And, you know, Stephen, kind of on a tangent here, but do you believe well, that? Well, I wonder, though, this is what I'm beginning to wonder. Are teams in Major League Soccer better marketed overseas? Are they th- might be, but how, but how but but, but if you're a player, I don't think you necessarily care about the the level of competition. What you care about is how many eyeballs can you get yourself, can you get on yourself in playing for whatever club. Well, it's interesting because MLS they talk about how they uh, the, the league talks about how they, it wants to be a selling lead, but league, but I don't see a history of the league flipping players to Europe on a regular basis to where as a player, I would think, Oh, this league is going to get me to Europe instead of La Liga, which is clearly or Liga Max, sorry, which is clearly the best league 
on the uh, on the continent. Well, so that's just to, uh, to throw this wrinkle in. Uh, we're getting a comment from a listener, uh, Jones here. He said that NYCFC won today in a knockout game. So maybe tides are turning. I already mentioned that. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying a listener sent that in. They agree with me. They agree with me. Our good, our our good friend Jones. But Jake, this is this is an interesting question. Now, is uh, MLS over starting to punch um, Liga MX? And and I think I think that the Concacaf Champions League teams. It seems like MLS is taking it more seriously. And obviously, once an MLS team wins this competition, we'll see what it really means for other MLS teams. Whether or not this is just a league thing, and whether or not fans really care, you're in, you're out. Once you know, we're all watching to see which MLS team can win it. And Toronto, we're we're pretty much there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I don't anyway, get back. Uh, let's let just, me. Let me. I got. I got some more pointers to make here before. Uh, before we kick it over to you, yeah, yeah, right? that's fair. I, 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 spend, I spend a lot of time putting this list together. Okay, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, Sporting Kansas City paid nine point five million dollars uh, for Chivas striker Alan Polito. Uh, the transfer fee was the largest SKC had ever shelled out for a player on the transfer market. Now, this one, this next player here is a little uh, silly season. Uh, Tigres winger Jurgen Dam is set to leave Mexico for Atlanta United on a free transfer later this summer, according to ESPN Mexico's Rene Tovar. Now, Stephen, I have a lot of questions within the question of the day here. Uh, MLS is the third most watched league in the U.S. after Liga MX and the Premier League in terms of TV ratings. With the infusion of some megastars from Mexico and Liga MX, will the league see a bump in ratings? Ah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm assuming on the uh, on the Spanish networks, Spanish channels, probably. But honestly, when have we really seen like MLS has such a small tick in TV? in TV ratings that it doesn't take much for there to be a significant bump. I mean, you're seeing, if you see an increase of 20 or 30,000, that is a huge number for, you know, a league that averages around 300,000. Just do the math of that, that, that percent increase. Well, here's, there's a problem. I'm not, not much of a mathematician here, so you're going to have to, uh, Spell it out that, for me. That's Either a 10, way, that's a ten percent increase. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing? I don't know. I I'm not good at math. Sorry. No, but dump, if you do a 10, you want to. but but you say, hey, league, you're gonna do a ten percent increase. I I mean, look, I'm not in the office. I don't know what what they're targeting, but a ten percent increase is, is sounds good. That's good. I mean, it won't be good for World Soccer Talk or whatever that uh, website is that takes a dump all over MLS every chance it gets. I mean, I think it, I think you will see a bump in ratings across all networks, not just Univision. I think you will see it on ESPN. I think you will see it on. Uh, I think it varies. ABC, it's going to depend FS1, on the matchup. Fox, wherever. I, well, right. I mean, it like. 
But like Atlanta, Atlanta, Nashville does not get me excited. So I'm not sure if I'm going to tune in for that. Wow. Okay. You're Sorry. Nuts. I know I'm you, tuning you in for that. I'm I'm going to butter can, myself all up for that match. You see that matchup and you start getting sweaty and you start breathing heavily because you you want to see how many people <laughs> Nashville can cram into Nissan Stadium. Yeah. Me, I don't I don't care. That's I don't, great. That's I'm what more, the league needs. You, you stand. You you are standing. You want to hear. Nashville SC's stupid anthem that they came up yes. with. You want to, I don't you care. I do so not much. care. I do not care that the anthem sucks. I just want to I want to feel the atmosphere. Nothing is better in Major League Soccer than when LAFC sings the national anthem. <laughs> That's the that is the jewel like, of Major great, League Soccer. This is such a great bit cuz that's that's like your go-to is the it's the great. national anthem. This is this is the only club in American sports across all the leagues of all the sports of all levels, college, amateur. They're the only club that gets the national anthem right. By a long shot. Well, and we're happy for them. Anyway, San Jose. Give us, give us your give us your headline that you're. Well, you're I, I wanted to add something to. to to these names coming coming to the league. San Jose, Sporting KC, the Whitecaps, DC smashed their own transfer records this past transfer window or this this offseason. Jake, you're seeing an increase in spending. What do you think that means for the league? Do you think they realize, oh, crap, we better start spending on our squad because it's having a huge impact? It's economics 101. You can't make money if you don't spend money. I mean, they, yeah, they 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 have they should be spending more money. I mean, I mean, you can't you can't sit here and but tell the Euro snob or the the guy right. who only wants to watch the Premier League, well, what pay attention to MLS, even though the quality sucks, and then get and then and then get all offended when he says, yeah, but I don't <laughs> I don't want to watch these no name U.S. based players that I've never heard of, or I don't want to watch you know Joe Blow for uh, Chicago. I'll go tune on. I'll go tune on NBC in the morning and I can watch uh, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, run circles around West Ham or, you know, it's anything like that, you know. So you need to raise the water level, at least get it on par with League MX, and maybe you will start but, to see Jake, is, is, more, more eyeballs. You, you, you made a significant point about the influx of Hispanics, Mexicans, those players who came from Liga MX to MLS. Like you're, you saw an in, increase of that. And they're big names. Some of the better players in Liga MX making their way to Major League Soccer. Then you have San Jose, Sporting KC, the Whitecaps, DC, smashing their own transfer records. But notice one thing here. It's, it's not for the 38-year-old washed-out European or the 34-year-old. These... MLS is going the route that you saw with Atlanta United when they first came into the league. Young, up, uh, up-and-coming players. Some of them who happen to be more in their prime, but they're not going after the name for just the name's sake. This is what crushed the Galaxy. Chicharito might end up being a better fit for LA Galaxy despite not scoring as many goals. And despite not causing so much drama and off-the-field headlines. Why? Because it fits the system. I think you're, you're seeing teams go, I don't care what the name is. Are they willing or are they able to fit my system 
that I have here at DC United or at here in Vancouver or whatever club it may be. No, you're right. Like you said, I, I think Atlanta provided a lot of teams with the uh, – gosh, I don't even know how to really put this. I guess they, they were the guinea pig, if you will, with with those – you know, signing Almiron, Joseph Martinez. You know, you go and shell out big money for them. You get get these young players, and all of a sudden, you're they're fun, you're exciting, you're packing Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and now – there's a litmus test that other teams can look at and say, you know what, this formula, what that, this this thing they're doing down there, it works. We should be signing younger, more exciting players. We don't need to be signing, you know, old, decrepit European player who once played for Werder Bremen 10 years ago and because he played in Europe. Therefore, we think he's going sure. to make people want to watch the league. You know, I, I think... To, to me, I get more excited when I see, you know, yeah, as a what, fan. What gets, what, does, what gets Jake Quatrova all hot and bothered in Major League Soccer? Okay, case in point, you know, I follow Minnesota United. When Minnesota United's linked to Babello, uh, I think it's what his name is, Pablo, uh, uh, whatever, uh, Reynoso, the uh, central attacking midfielder for uh, Boca Juniors, he's, uh, you know, in his lower uh he's 24 23 somewhere in that ballpark that gets me excited what doesn't get me excited is seeing oh hey we're gonna bring in you know 34 year old striker from i don't know austria or something like that or uh sweden you know that that, that does, like that that does nothing for me and but i i feel like mls 10 years ago thought well if they if this player at all played in europe that should get fans excited and and it it doesn't it doesn't get me excited. I, I like to see teams going into South America, going into Argentina, uh, uh, Paraguay, countries like that. Okay, identifying sure, but the, there's a limit to that. Sometimes you can get it wrong. And you it, can it get can... it wrong, but I, you can also get it wrong by going fishing in Europe too. Okay, I've seen plenty it, of yeah, European okay, players. Yeah, you can get it wrong both ways. <laughs> anyway, we got a couple minutes here before – uh, Tom Boger calls in. Um, guys and, and listeners, we want to hear what the headline is going into Major League's Major Soccer, <laughs> Major League Soccer's 25th season. And for me, it's simple. It's all eyes on Nashville and Miami. Yep, I am, I am excited to see Nashville opening weekend against Atlanta United with 50,000 fans singing and whatever it may be. I can't wait, okay? But, Jake, I'm concerned about the team. Yes, they have a defensive unit with the blockbuster accusation of 2019's best center back in Walker Zimmerman. Which, I don't know. I've been watching this guy since he was at FC Dallas. I've always had questions for, regarding Walker Zimmerman. I've never been completely sold on his play. And that's great that Nashville got him, but it, was Walker Zimmerman a product of just the talent he w- was surrounded by at LAFC? He he was good at FC Dallas, but he, I, I would say Hedges was better than than him. Why, if Walker Zimmerman was so good, then why did FC Dallas let him go? 
So I I I I I have concerns for a team that is set up defensively. Yeah, they have, uh, Nashville got Dax McCarty, and then this Annabelle Godoy, who, who's going to be quite important to the team. But where the hell are the goals going to come from? I, where are the goals going to come from from this team? Former loon Abu Dunlani. Yeah, but if Mukhtar and and Leal don't live up to to what they're promised to be, this team is screwed. Nuts and bolt, this team is screwed because if they can't put the ball in the back of that. I I think they're gonna. It's gonna be FC Cincinnati, uh, but uh, not two point but just not as bad. They're not gonna be FC Cincinnati bad, but they could be the you know they could have the potential of a team that just can't score. I'm not making any predictions on Nashville yeah. this year. I've learned my lesson. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying but, they're going to be Jake, a, a, a team in Major League Soccer that is set up defensively. I don't think succeeds all that well. I think yes, in any sport you need balance. But if if you sit then the first thing you te- say about a team is that they're defensive. I sit there and go, that's worrying. That works in knockout football, but we're playing. 30 plus games. You can't win 1 1 0 0. That's just not possible. Or 1 0 every. So you, well, you definitely can't win 1 1 because that's a tie. <laughs> yes. First and foremost. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jake. I think I think if they were a really good at counterattacking team, I think you could win playing that way. I just don't think. But but that's the thing is they don't have the players in the front. That's the thing. They, don't have the, they don't have the players to get out on the front foot when they need to, which uh, which could be. Which could be an issue, and I, so yeah, I'm not I'm not super excited about Nashville. This is why I don't want to watch them. This is why I don't want. This is why I'm so. Confused uh, well, I'm excited for super... off the field, not necessarily what's on the field. But we'll ask more. To, we'll ask Tom here in a minute. I want to ask Tom this because I, last year we asked uh, we asked Sam Stasco about FC Cincinnati after I made my hot uh, my uh, hot take on how good they would be, and then he came on and said they're they're going to be uh, god awful. So well, there you go. We'll see. We'll see. And then Inter Miami, Jake, uh, rumored with literally every superstar Barcelona on um, Barcelona squad that David Beckham, you know, David Beckham was talking to Neymar. Ultimately, none of those names came over, but they are led by sporting director Paul McDowell, one of the masterminds for Atlanta United's fantastic first season here in Major League Soccer. And Jake, they do have some fun names that they they were able to to bring in well yeah let's start with uh, Rodolfo Pizarro uh you know the, as I mentioned earlier 12 million dollar signing uh from Monterey he kind of headlines the uh, the, the group for uh inter Miami they also brought in Matias Pellegrini Miami's first ever designated player the 19 year old winger uh, only has a handful of games under his belt with Estudiantes, but is very highly rated in his native Argentina. And last but not least, uh, Julian Carranza, a reliable goal scorer, uh, would go a long way to ensuring that Inter Miami can flourish right out of the gates in MLS. A 19-year-old uh, Argentine uh, potentially could f- uh, fulfill that role, although an injury will rule him out in uh, for the first month of this season. 
So yeah. there are there are some flashy young players. But uh, but what was yeah, but with Pizarro winning mentality, that is key. I think this is good for for Miami because I I had I had doubts regarding Miami uh when you know the signings were coming in at a a snail's pace. Oh yeah, you were you were definitely you were definitely I was low on this team. I in some Miami. people had we're, higher I, heights. I, I want to ask I want to ask Tom about it about that right, too because it's, 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 it's definitely an interesting uh, uh definitely an interesting take and uh, something I want answers on. So, we're going to uh, get Tom on the horn. Uh stick around. Joining us now on the show is MLSsoccer.com writer. It's friend of the podcast, Tom Bogert. Tom, what is going on, my guy? How we doing, boys? How's everything going? Oh, you know, it's going well. Just enjoying some uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Montreal looking pretty good. Uh, we, we have different uh, definitions of pretty good. Well, Results wise, that they're looking good. That, that's that's <laughs> uh, that's why I'm holding my breath as I'm watching uh, watching just an onslaught here of just kind of like we're gonna hold on for the zero zero. But Tom, let me ask you this: uh, What's the best tradition in Major League Soccer? Tradition? Oh man, I feel like it's a cop out given the recency bias. But man, no matter how many times Minnesota United won at home last year, uh, I stuck around to watch. Uh, them sing Wonderwall. I think that is that is super cool, and, and I'm looking forward to that again. What about the uh, LAFC singing of the national anthem? You don't like that? That doesn't that doesn't move yeah. you. That doesn't move your soul a little bit. Uh, Tom, Tom, <laughs> just just for just for reference here, uh, Stephen gets really sweaty when he hears crowds sing the national anthem instead of uh, you know uh, Jennifer Lopez coming in to sing the national anthem. Uh, Stephen really likes it when. The uh, team the people, allows the fans I don't know, the citizens of the country, those people that make the country great, sing it. Yeah, that's that's yes, that's the best part, Jake. That's LAFC have a pretty cool tradition there. Wonderwall is not that too cool. bad. I, I think Jake, you once uh, you once texted me uh, Wonderwall, and you you said that was there was one moment where that got to you after a big win. Oh yeah, there. Uh, I believe it was the game against uh, FC Dallas where uh, Vita Manone made a save on. Yeah, the, the penalty uh, save. Yep, that one. That was crazy. That one was. Uh, that was the first time at a, at a at a sporting event. I'm like hugging people I don't know, after <laughs> Vito makes that save. Uh, so, 
Yeah, that wonder wall, that one, that one really hit. So, but Tom, let's uh, let's dive right into some MLS talk. I don't know if you heard, but the season starts this weekend. Leads uh, to me. <laughs> that's weird because you, you work for MLS. You would think, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody told me. That. I think that that means that they're hoping I just don't show up again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's 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 jump in here. MLS talk. Uh, let's start out. Well, let's just start with the whole league here. We saw LAFC run away with the league last year uh, well, with well, the well, support well, shield. shield, not the league. <laughs> well, okay. they, they, they went I mean. on and and didn't do anything in the playoffs, Jake. Let's. This league is about what what what's done in in the playoffs, not what's what's done in the regular I season. I cannot I cannot that's, wait. That's, until up, that's I... up for debate. That's up for debate. <laughs> there are supporters shield truthers out there. <laughs> Do you do you do you think we're gonna see that again this year? Maybe not. It, it, it could be LAFC again, or maybe it's a different team. Do you think we're gonna see a team run away with a supporter shield like we saw last season? Uh, I hope not, and and I genuinely don't think so. You know, like last last year, it's it's a confluence of so many different things. Like because Vela had what fifty goal contributions or thereabouts, like that's insane. Like it it, it it's wild for anything like that to happen. Like pretty much ever again, but. I mean, just with LAFC's dominance, that came from a few things, too. You know, Seattle Sounders did their thing where, you know, they 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 started hot, like, for the first month and then took them a couple months to really get into gear. And then, you know, out east, like, Atlanta were transitioning. New York City FC were transitioning. Uh, Toronto FC were transitioning. Some of the top teams in the league, like, LAFC just kind of had to jump on everybody. And before long, you know, the supporter shield was in the bag. So why would teams like NYCFC or, or Seattle kind of chase every single midweek point, you know, at, at that point in the season. So, I don't know. I think that it was just a special confluence of things and obviously a record-setting season. Um, I, I'd be surprised if the supporters show doesn't go down to the last few games this year. That'd be more exciting, too. It would definitely mean something, I think, and be a little more yeah. captivating if, if you really have teams going back and forth for it. But let me ask you about newcomers Nashville. Um, I'm excited to see 50,000 people packed into Nissan Stadium, but – I do have concern. This team is built more defensively. They got Walker Zimmerman. I have questions regarding Walker Zimmerman since his days at FC Dallas. I've just I've never been completely sold. He's a good player. He obviously was, you know, 2019 best center back. So, uh fine. But Nashville, if they're built defensively, are they going to be able to score enough to to be successful? Yeah, that, that's the big question mark around them. I mean, their their GM, Mike Jacobs, has joked a few times about um, this, I guess, line of questioning. Like, he kind of he chuckles at it. He's like, oh, like pe- people will say Gary Smith is a defense-minded coach and, you know, a couple of these signers are defense-minded. He's like, people sometimes say it as an insult. He's like, I, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, like we look at like he'll he'll laugh. He'll like, yeah, like if if we're known as a team that's good defensively, like I'm, I'm good with that. You know, that's the idea. Like clearly based on on their roster build. But I mean, I guess it's when you look at like what FC Cincinnati and Minnesota United in, in their first couple of years, what they did. You know, these teams were shipping 70 goals. Orlando City, they had a good expansion season. As you know, obviously been quick to forget they've somehow just gone backwards since then. Like their last few years in flux. They've been awful defensively. Like, Nashville won't be that. And I think, you know, you're going to get points if you concede, you know, less than 40 or 50 goals. And that's, you know, they have the quality and not just that, but the meaningful MLS experience to do that. I mean, definitely the questions about goal scoring. And, you know, it comes down to 
essentially at, at this stage hoping that one of Daniel Rios, Dombaji, or um, Abu Dhamadi kind of between the three of them, one of them's hot at any given point, or one of them's at least doing well enough, and, and that Hani Mukhtar is, you know, a better ten in this league to score goals. Um, you know, it's going to be a struggle, but they're going to be competitive and respectable. And, you know, honestly, LAFC and Atlanta made us forget the expansion seasons aren't easy, you know. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, it's all, life's all about managing expectations. And, and I, I think that they – Now, Tom, on the flip side of the coin, their expansion counterpart, uh, Inter-Miami, outside of the Rodolfo Pizarro uh, signing a couple weeks ago – I don't know about you, but Steven and I have kind of felt like they've had a, a somewhat rocky run-up to the start of the season. Do you when we, when we kick things off later this weekend? What do you What do you mean by rocky with, with the stadium stuff or, or the roster stuff? Well, well I, 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 to be honest with you, kind of as a whole, I, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I guess I don't know. I thought I saw about a month ago they only had they didn't have a full roster. Or maybe that was six weeks ago, but it just feels like. They, they've kind of just thrown things together last well, minute. I'm not that. sure if you they get were, that impression. I got the impression that they're just linked with, you know, Messi, right? That's the big name. But they were linked with big players, and they got big players, yes. By MLS standards, they got big players. But will people mm-hmm. be like, oh, I was expecting Cavani <clears throat> and this player, and, and everybody's sitting on like, okay, it's nice that they're linked with this, but can we not have the expectation that you're going to get these players? And I, I just – yeah, I, I just it, it just seems like from a PR's perspective, they could have managed some of the rumors a little bit better. That way, people <laughs> who understand that hey, okay, this is yes, David Beckham might get his superstar, but it's not going to happen this window, you know, this uh, winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I mean, the only pushback I'd offer on that is, and you're right, they they did they wouldn't distance distance themselves from any of those rumors because you know, honestly, it's good press, it's good headlines. Like, yeah, why they did it. But, you know, as you say, the other side of that is the fans kind of create a level of expectation. But to be fair, it's not like Paul McDonough has never used the, the term like um, big name or, or anything like that. Anytime that I've spoken to him or, or I've read interviews from him, he, 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 won't, he wouldn't lock himself into that. And, you know, obviously as the architect, one of the architects of Atlanta, um, and that's kind of the model he went with with Miami, you know, it's not like he was coming out and saying, like, oh, we're going to sign a World Cup better. The only, the only thing that he came close was saying – if we sign one, then we're going to sign two because he was also in Orlando. And something that he, he's called a mistake since then is that they signed Kaka and then nobody that Kaka could relate to. So he said that that wasn't, you know, a good balanced roster build. Uh, so I think we got, they kind of came clear when Pizarro was the second DP that, you know, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised, you know, if they got somebody like Cavani or whatever. Like, one, it's not, it's not easy. And two, you know, McDonough just really hasn't, hasn't been rolling like that so far with Miami. But, you know, if you look at the team, there, there are a few question marks, but there, there's so much talent. And, and that comes from when, you, when you're able to put $10 million in Matias Pellegrini, $6 million in Julian Crandall, when he's not even a DP. Um, mm. They're looking likely to get Augustin Almendra on loan. That's essentially a like, um, Some of it, I think, is going to come down to Nico Fial, the center back, you know, People have been comparing him to Leandro Gonzalez-Perez. If he's anything like that, they're going to be fine. Uh, Tom, last year, Columbus, from mid-July on, only lost two matches at NYCFC and at 
Toronto. Tell me why they're a sneaky team that MLS fans need to keep an eye on. Oh, man, they're everybody's off-season darling. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've bought into the hype, though, too. I mean, it's, even before they signed Lucas Zello Ryan, who's, you know, club record transfer, $7.5 million, played for the best team in North America for the past five years, the most accomplished one in the T-Rate. Um, and even before that, you looked at that roster and like, wow, that's a good team. You know, like, Luis Diaz looks good. Pedro Santos looks good. You know, Zardes, for, for all of our jokes, you know, he's a above-average striker in MLS. He's just a reliable guy. And, you know, Eloy Room and all the other guys are like, wow, this is a pretty good team. You know, they could be a, a bit of a dark horse, you know, maybe bottom of the playoffs. But, you know, they've, they've got some potential to make some noise. You know, and then they sign Zeller Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm all the way in on the hype. Um, I know that this is tricky in just general lessons across all sports. Is, you know, maybe don't always buy into to the big offseason or whatever because it doesn't always go to plan. But, you know, I'm struggling poking holes in this team, you know, like, they're too deep everywhere. They got a couple extra center backs. You know, they have above average keeper, an above average center forward, two good wingers, a couple even more than that. Um, and then Zell Orion just raises their their ceiling like really high. I mean, I don't know. I, I have them at one, in one of the top three in these. You know, with I have them honestly around NYCFC in Atlanta. I, I think they're that good. All right, I know we got to get you going. So uh, here's the final question. <laughs> Give us give us two teams from each conference that you think are going to have a good season. Um, so I'll I won't answer this in like the top two. Like I won't say right, right, right. Just yeah, two teams that you think will have dark a good horse. Dark yeah. two teams that or two teams that people yeah. aren't paying attention to that that are going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I should have just said you know four team names that everybody knew was good. All right, bye, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to um, the, your feet to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to use just take my answer from Columbus uh, before just because I'm, I'm, that's how high I am on them. I, I, again, I really do believe that they should be viewed as the top three team in the conference and have expectations as such. You know, if they don't get a, high, a home playoff game, I think that's a disappointment for where they are, you know, barring injury and whatever. Um, elsewhere in the East, um, I'm very high on Philly, but again, that's no surprise. They're, they're a very good team last year and, and should continue as such this year. Uh, so I guess I, I would say the Revs really. I think that that attack is going to be so much fun. With, I agree. With Buxa is looking very good, and obviously we know how good Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo is. Even though Carlos Hill didn't play a minute in preseason, and the Revs kept that under wraps, it was pretty bizarre <laughs> for a, a league this size and, and a player of that stature. But apparently he's coming back to training soon. No long-term worries there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really the Revs will be fun, even though. They can really use another defensive mid or, or center back, but, you know, that'll just make it all the more entertaining. Out West, you know, there's there's LFC in Seattle and then everyone else. So, you know, behind them, FC Dallas are a team that I like a lot. Um, if Thiago Santos is, is as good as, I guess, his pedigree would suggest that he's going to be, then – that that the FC Dallas is gonna be a really good team because they, they have a back four that picks itself. They have a keeper who picks himself. You know, I'm I'm not huge on Jesse Gonzalez, but you know he's fine. And, and you know really have to worry about him. Um, so if, if Thiago Santos raises the play in the midfield and Franco Jar in the summer, like those particularly goals and, and consistent goals were something they struggled with. You know if Ferrara Ferrara is able to play on the wing, which you know depends on where they see his best position. But does anybody who can offer goals from the wing? that team is going to be, you know, very, very good. Um, and I guess the other one out West, uh, 
I'm reluctant to say SKC because they're defensive issues. Um, so honestly, I guess I would just dip into Portland, even though they have a bunch of questions around them too. But what they've done with their forwards, like, I mean, depending on how you look at it, you know, Jeremy Abobese might be their third best forward because this Joseph Moros comes from um, Liga MX with again a good track record, and they signed uh, Nias Goto, who's a DP. You know, that's going to be a really exciting team, and, and they'll find ways to balance and they'll find ways to change. They'll play two up top and see how everything else is going. Uh, defense is a uh, question mark there, but um, I think the Timbers are going to be fine this year. Awesome. Well, there you go. There you have our good friend Tom. Give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, let the listeners know uh, quickly, Tom, where a we can follow you on Twitter, and then all the the places you contribute your awesome talents to. <laughs> yeah, just at Tom Bogart on Twitter, nice and simple, and then uh, catch my byline at mlssoccer.com. Sweet, Tom. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Sweet. Tom, some insights, Jake. Love it. And, um, yeah, I think here on Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast, I'm the worst one with last names. Plus, I also completely butchered butchered Paul McDonough's name, but I also realized I misspelled it. That's why when I was looking at my Google Doc, I was I was saying. So, uh, yeah, listeners, crucify me for, uh, for people's uh, mispronouncing last names. Happens. Uh, Jake, he, he said something rather interesting. Revs, I definitely agree. I think this is going to be a more consistent team. Um, but I don't know. Do, do you feel like this is a, a, a top-heavy table? Are we are we going to see a Liverpool run away with it or an LAFC? I, I, I think we're going to get more of a, a Bundesliga Serie A type deal where it might be a few teams, but you're going to see some fantastic... Uh, storylines develop throughout the season because I don't think there's a team that is going to run away with it. Okay, this is my this is my hot take. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I had one last year at around this time. Uh, yeah, what was that? This FC is, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, that was my hot take. This is my hot take this year because you're saying it and Tom said it. I think LAFC is going to run away with it again this year. I think there's such a talent gap between them and the rest of the league. No, I did, did you see them against Lyon? I don't care what – they're in midseason. They're not midseason. They're in preseason form right now. Yeah, but that that was ugly. Carlos Vela was absent. Yeah, Lyon. because they played they played an actual good team that 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 uh, just sat back and – I mean, LA, I mean, look, I, I feel like Minnesota United gave teams the blueprint last year on how to beat – yeah, but you don't think LAFC. But you don't think but it's it's going to be think, closer. You're going to have no, because I don't think there are. I don't think teams are good enough in MLS to consistently week in and week out sit in, play ten men behind the ball, eleven men behind the ball, however many it may be, and and, and 
you know, smash and grab a result against LAFC. I just don't see it. I, I think they have too much firepower. Uh, they're they're too. They're, I mean, Bob Bradley he runs a runs a good show there. I, I I just I don't know. I get they didn't win MLS Cup. I get you know Seattle Sounders are in the West Western Conference. I just don't see how any of these teams in the West keep up with them. I mean, look at man, LAFC twelve point one two points per game last year. I mean, that's that's crazy. And I, I just I I think that you said it earlier in the show. They've they've lost in the second round or they've lost uh, in the second round last year and they lost to. Real Salt Lake in the in the uh, I guess that would be the second round two years ago before we had this. Uh... That was the first round. No, was, was the first round. And either way, what? I just think yeah, they're out. Like... I, I think they're out. Yeah, remember you're right, the you're beer right. was thrown. The beer. Yeah, was, yeah I forgot. I thought I thought that was the second round too. Uh, against yeah, I, I remember that again. <laughs> throwing things at Nick Armando and stuff like that. Um, I just think that they this is they, they feel like they have something to prove, and I just think they're going to throttle teams. The entire season. That's just yeah, me. There won't I, be any I, throttling by LAFC this year, like we saw last year. Okay, I, I can't. If, if all right, well, what, 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 what is? What are we? What are we? What's? What's the point barrier? Like, what? What's the measuring stick before we're like, okay, they're throttling teams now. Okay. How many points do they need to win by before, like, yeah, well, they let's go with. look what they they had last year. They they, they finished eight points above NYCFC. <laughs> That's not that much. I mean, they. They kind of teetered off. Well, they, they, they really did teeter off. That's the problem. Okay, their point gap to the second-place Seattle Sounders is, what, 16 points? That's correct. So how about how about 12 points? Uh, for the entire – for the Supporters' Shield or just the West? Uh, let's just do it with the West because, frankly, we, 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 we react like this as two leagues, basically, when we're talking about Major League Soccer. Okay. I mean, fr- frankly speaking, does Seattle really care what NYCFC are doing in the East? No, they're more concerned about uh, what they're doing with LAFC and, and your position in the Western Conference. And if you're at the top of the, you know, if you're at the top of both conferences, then you look at Supporter Shield because then you get to host MLS Cup. But, but that is such a far off thought. You're more concerned about, you know, look, Seattle won the cup last year being the second seed in the West. So there is quite a bit of freedom. You don't necessarily have to run away with the Sports Shield to host MLS Cup. It's in, home field is very important in the playoffs now that they have this one game, which the NFL, NFL is going to copy seven teams. First uh, top seed gets the bye, get that rest. I don't know if this is the same deal with Major League Soccer as it is in the NFL with that uh, week, bye week, because the bye week in the NFL has so much weight to everything. But, Jake, I I think 12 points is what, what we're going to cap it at. And, okay. Uh, they, they will finish 12 points above the they, they will finish 12 points above second place. When it's all yeah. said and done, they will be 12, at least 12 points up on second place. Right, in the Western we'll, Conference. We'll mark it. And uh, Montreal here is just holding on. I know uh, I joked with Tom here saying, oh, they look great. Scoreline, yes, they're going to get. Uh, they're gonna do one of those survives in advance here with within the, the 90th minute, Jake. Yeah, MLS is about to go, what, 3-4-3? Three, three? I'm not one of these people, by the way, that gets all uh, – that, 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 that just roots for the entire league in CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> I don't care. I think, like – to me, it's like, oh, yeah, look at Montreal. They're just grinding out a nil-nil uh, 
uh, player against Saprisa advanced, like, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> hey, it's I, a big deal yeah, if Montreal whatever. can pull this I, off. Saprisa is supposed to be really good. According I to, mean, uh, outside of... According <laughs> to everybody, Saprisa is supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I would say that the second-best team that an MLS team is facing in this opening round of CONCACAF Champions League, after Lyon, Saprisa is the next-best team. Yeah, but Montreal is also the team that's least likely supposed to advance. That's knockout football. Well, that's the point. Three minutes of extra time. We'll see. Uh, Listeners, we got final thoughts here. and We're going to move on to Jermaine Jones. That guy, man, does he like to say things. Jermaine Jones is a real hero of mine. Just because he... Uh, You sure you want to die on this hill right now? No. There uh, were a lot of things I read in that article. I'm like, uh, uh, look, we had Jermaine Jones on the show. No, no, he, here's, still... why he, here's why he's my hero. It's because he likes to say things regarding the U.S. men's national team. And boy, does it piss people off. That's why I like him. Just for the fact that he pisses people off. Sometimes I think he's trolling. I mean, I he might be he might be trolling. I also I I don't think he is though. I think he when he says says the thing he says about <clears throat> Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer, I think he means it. Well, yeah, but I think he also knows that people are gonna freaking get their panties in a bunch or briefs, whatever you, whatever you wear. You know, we don't <laughs> we don't discriminate. We don't discriminate. <laughs> Tidy whities if you wear those, fine. Granny panties, whatever it may be. Jermaine Jones talking here about Bruce Arena. And, uh, I, Jake, I don't even know where to begin. Where, Bruce Arena, with all due your respect, and anytime you you start a sentence with all due, with all due respect, you know it's going south immediately. Yeah, it's kind of like, like me say, no offense, but... But yeah. <laughs> I'm going to offend you. No offense. Your driving sucks, Jake. I, I mean, it's why even say it? The worst coach I've ever had in my whole career. The worst. Like, he's the number one American coach. I don't know what to make of this fra- fr- of this sentence because he's talking about it personally, like in my career. Worst coach I've had in my career. And And, and he says... Then he goes on to say, yeah, and he's like the number one American coach. Dude, the dude's been really successful with Major League Soccer. And you know how you can tell that he's actually a good coach, Bruce Arena? Is look what he did with the New England Revolution last year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Brad Friedel. Not not what he did with LA Galaxy. Don't look at what he did with LA Galaxy. Look at what he did with the New England Revolution last year. No, 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 because I think... He got them to a first-round exit. (laughs) No, 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 the reason why I say the Revs is with the Galaxy, you had the best players in the league. I think sometimes, sometimes it is more... it, It says bigger things about you as a coach when you can do with less. And Montreal are on to the next round, by the way. Great. I, I'm not watching it, so you just spoiled it for me. I'm just waiting for MLSsoccer.com to update. Thanks. Wow. Are you going to there surprised? it is. Hey, there, there, there it is. I, you ruined it. Thanks. Anyway. I, I, <laughs> there were a lot of things Jermaine Jones said. I mean, just as it relates to U.S. soccer, uh, there were a lot of things he said in this Grant Wall piece uh, earlier this uh, this week. And 
I mean, <laughs> if you just want to keep it to U.S. soccer, uh, he was Jones. I guess was particularly set off when Arena said he didn't care whether players had been in the Bundesliga or MLS. And this kind of this, I can I can I can see this. This uh, you know, as somebody who follows the U.S. men's national team, I don't know how you can look at players in MLS and, and favor them over players playing in Germany. Uh, Jones was quoted as saying, and then you see the cut out. And then you see that they cut out all half players, half German, half American, and brought all MLS players in. And with all due respect, there is that line again. And with all due respect, there's some players, they play national team now. They're not national team players. With all due respect, this is why we struggle. But nobody says that because it will hurt MLS. Because MLS is saying, wait a minute, if that if he helps them out and he brings a guy in who's an MLS player after a couple of times playing national team, he's not a national team player. Now we can sell it better, you know? And it's just marketing and the business. Okay, first and foremost, Jermaine Jones has, is saying something here I have thought for a very long time as it relates to U.S. soccer and MLS. I'm putting my tinfoil hat on here. The U.S. soccer is a marketing ploy or a, or a propaganda machine for MLS. And I know that's kind of a conspiracy theory-ish, but I, ju- I, I agree with Jermaine Jones here. They're, they they call up these MLS players who don't deserve to be up there, and they and they now can say, look at this national team player. I mean, how many times did we talk with uh, Armand about how, many to- how much Armand thought Chase Gasper of Minnesota United was a terrible, I shouldn't say terrible, but he just wasn't, he was overrated as a, as a rookie fullback from Minnesota United. Well, now he's getting call-ups to the U23 team, and he's gotten a call-up in January, the national team. And now all of a sudden, now Chase Gasper is going to be U.S. men's national team player, Chase Gasper. You know what I mean? It changes the perspective. Or uh, Aaron Lovitz. Aaron Lovitz is terrible. Why? <laughs> but, but, but we're going to we're gonna talk about him now like he was this, like he's he's played with the national team all these years. And now it's going to be U.S. international. Uh, you know, he's got X amount of caps with the national team, Aaron Lovitz. And I, I can totally see where Jermaine Jones is, is coming from in terms of, being able to market the players and market the team because you can say this player played for the but national don't, team. Yeah, but think about all the players that get brought into Major League Soccer. Oh, he has he has four caps with the Czech national team. Oh, he must be good. Oh, oh, oh. he played for the Czech national team. You know, it's like, oh, he has uh, four caps with the 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 Kosovo national team. Oh, okay, let's go. Like, yeah, it, it is. It is a huge Mickey marketing Mouse. thing. Mickey Mouse making return to Sam Soccer Podcast. Oh, Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. I think this is probably a good point to wrap up. <laughs> I think we've gone. I, I don't further. know. I think there's actually a lot of truth to what Jermaine Jones is saying, but it's also coming from an emotional side. I think he he hurts a little bit. Regarding what the situation and obviously 2018 wasn't good, but look, uh, I I was watching what Hercules Gomez on ESPN FC and and I think he's right. He goes, nobody wants to take blame for what happened in 2018, but at what point, Jake? We're gonna end with this. At what point are we gonna move on from 2018? Like, there's nothing can be done, nothing to be done to rewrite history. We failed. Okay, the 2018 World Cup has passed. We're about to hit two years on. The 2018 World Cup. Can we move move on from it? Um. Yeah. 
I mean, what else is there to talk about this national team, though? I mean, look. I mean, I mean, really, though, think about it. You think about it. We're two years, two years after. There's. We're still it's talking still, about this. It's still. It's well because the the product is still piss poor. The product on the field is still piss poor, and it and it circles back to the 2018 World Cup and qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. So if Greg Berhalter and this team look impressive these the last year. Maybe we aren't talking to Jermaine Jones about how messed up U.S. soccer is. Maybe maybe we don't need to have that conversation anymore. Maybe maybe, maybe the narrative soccer changed. has come a long way. I mean, a long way since 2017. That's the incredible thing. Look at the players that they just got brought in this past window and the money spent. How many teams broke their own transfer record? A lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, listeners, at Unksam Soccer Pod, at Jake Wittroba, at Stephen Jodder, and check out our episode on the Australian wildfires and what football for fires is. Awesome episode, fantastic guest. Thanks, Tom, for joining us. Come back next week. We butcher more names. We'll talk more MLS. Probably talk more U.S. Men's National Team. And yeah, MLS is three for three regarding the Concacaf Champions League. Can Seattle and LAFC make it five for five? We shall see. Until next time. <laughs>